Hey, everybody, I am going to blow your mind right now. Have you ever heard of Bible to School? Bible to School is a program that provides free elected Bible classes to elementary school kids attending public school. Guys, they do it during the school day. Did you even know that was possible or even allowed? Children walk or their bus to a nearby location where trained volunteers engage the kids in lively worship and Bible stories. This is truly amazing. These kids will learn how to apply the Bible lessons to their lives and pray together. It's incredible. Go to BibleToSchool.com, learn more about what they do, and learn more about your rights as a mom and your kids' rights as kids in the public school system when it comes to God's Word. Hey, so we recorded this episode kind of a long time ago because as you listen to this, we're putting the finishing touches on the newly reimagined True Girl Crazy Hair Tour. All three of us are going to be out there on tour this fall with the team at different points. And this is why we're doing the Crazy Hair Tour right now. Letters from moms are changing. We're getting like letters about insecurity and identity and all those different things too. But we're also getting letters about some pretty heavy topics from moms. Moms are kind of scared or at least concerned. They want to be equipped to help their daughter walk through some pretty intense topics that we maybe never dreamed of walking our daughters through at that age. So girls are silencing themselves out of fear. They don't want to speak the truth because they're afraid of being canceled. There's all these blurry lines of what's true for our girls. So the Crazy Hair Tour is to direct the girls back to the truth of the Word of God. The Word of God that never changes. God, who is the same yesterday, today, forever. And to align themselves with that truth. That is the truth that we want them to courageously stand up for Jesus living out in their lives. So go to crazyhairtour.com today and get your tickets for this fall. Welcome to the True Girl Momcast, where we'll learn a lot, laugh a lot, and have biblical conversation about raising daughters. Because the struggle is real. But guess what? You, my friend, are not alone. I'm one of your hosts, Shani McKenzie, and I'll be joined by Janet Milan and Dana Gresh in just a moment. Is your daughter a perfectionist? Are you? Chances are your answer will be the same for both of these questions. Because research indicates perfectionism can be an inheritable trait. Research also reveals a link between perfectionism and anxiety. And there's enough of that in the world. So today, we have a new invitation for you to embrace being perfectly imperfect. Also in today's episode, Dana and I fangirl over each other's momming skills. And we'll learn a little bit about what Janet's housekeeping mantra is. Let's dive in. Hey, Dana and Shani. Hey, Janet. Oh my goodness. How are you? I feel great now. I feel like I can actually, you know, move forward with great energy. So (laughs) I have a question for you. I'm going to ask you to brag about yourself a little bit. Oh. All right. It's okay. It's totally fine. You can do it. What are you just so good at? Is there an area in your life where you're killing it as a mom, as a wife, uh, as a friend, or in the domestic area of things, in your work? Like, where is one one area? I know one area. Have you heard of Marie Kondo? Yeah. You know, she's like the organization. If it doesn't give you joy, then get rid of it. Yeah, the only thing that was weird about her, or is weird about her, is how she would, like, say... Thank you, socks. You served yeah. me well before she discarded them to yeah. keep clutter out. That, that, oh, really? that I didn't do yeah. that. Yes. You have to. She says thank you to the house and she everything. She says thank you to everything. Yes. So I'm not oh. into that, but so mm-hmm. into the organization. But the thing is, I was doing it before I knew about Marie Kondo. So I've just like mm. pat myself on the back. I have been folding my T-shirts and putting them in, not on top of each other, but mm-hmm. like you stack them like dominoes so you can see all the fronts of T-shirts oh. for like two decades. 
Well, I was you. Marie you Kondo before it's like Marie a Kondo spice drawer, but for your t-shirts. Yeah. So you can a see them easily. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. Is it true that Mar- Marie Kondo, is it Mary or Marie? Mar- Marie. Marie, Marie Kondo, that she has changed her tune a little bit since yes. she's had kids or something? I love it. Wow. I think she's, she's like, I said all of those idealistic things before children. <laughs> I take them all back. Sounds about right. And all right. the moms are like, well, <laughs> hallelujah, you, because <laughs> you're Marie. making me feel terrible about you life. You are human. <laughs> Bless your heart. Thank you, one million Legos that are on the floor right. for serving as well, <laughs> killing my feet. Thank you. Throw out half a million. Is of there these. anything worse than stepping on a Lego oh in the whole world? It's pretty bad. It's oh pretty my bad. goodness! Well, Everyone Shani, has to leave the house yeah. when that happens. Right. <laughs> so, what are you good at, Shani? I think I'm good at dating my kids. Aww. I I'm I'm good at it because I am consistent with it. And I think, you know, like there's some things that I'm not consistent with in my life. And I I am very intentional about that. So with you're them a people fo- you're a t- person focused mom. Yeah. And I'm a task focused mom. Well, and you're also a person focused <laughs> mom. I think I um I don't know, it, it's having that intentional time with them. Yeah. I think I'm good at when I when I do that. That's <laughs> so right. Cool. So That's just really making neat. a point to have those dates. What I about think. you, Janet? I'm I have a saying for myself. <laughs> Cause don't we all have sayings for ourselves? Mm, I don't yeah. know. My saying is laughter before laundry. So oh, I'm hallelujah. very good at if um someone in my house or anybody, any human needs like they just want to engage or have fun, I'll drop whatever task I'm doing and like at home and engage with the person mm-hmm. like I'd rather have fun with my kids than like no I have to do this laundry right now um like yesterday my son wanted to play chess with me because they're he's into super into playing chess and he's really good and I was like Jack why do you want to play chess with me you know I'm not gonna win like there's no it's not even a challenge he's like I don't know I guess I like hanging out with you of course yeah. we're playing chess and his buddies came and then he dropped me like a hot potato mm-hmm. it's a draw mom let's go but I was in the middle of preparing dinner and so I was like uh, so I just, like got to a point where I could let something simmer and I went over and started playing chess with them. Um, but I'm, I'm good at like redirecting. Mm. That's good. So we're all good at some things. It's good yeah. to talk about what we're good at, but like mm. Dana, when you said, Oh, so you're, so to, to Shani, you're a person focused mom and I'm and a task focused mom. mom. And if you let, if you ran with that mm. and started heaping shame on yourself and thinking, right. if I was more like Shani, I'd be more of a perfect mom. Exactly. Instead of a different mm. That's kind what of I was mom. doing. I was comparing myself right. to her. Mm-hmm. And if you let that go, that wild, mon- but wild monster, we could call it perfectionism, could yeah. be fed and just kind of take over, right? Yeah, I think I have True. fed that monster a time or two. Oh, absolutely. I know what it likes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that fear of failure thing, we talked about it last month with Shani. Lots of moms feel guilty because they can't live up to these either false standards or ever moving standards or just different standards of perfection that culture kind of brings up and visions of the perfect mom are displayed everywhere Mm -hmm. right pinterest movies social media everywhere i didn't even think about movies but it's true i have Mm -hmm. i've seen movies i'm like oh maybe should be more like this entirely fake human Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) i should be more like yeah my hair should be like her and my clothes should be like her oh right right. she Mm -hmm. had a stylist and five people doing her hair and makeup Mm -hmm. and she's not even acting like herself like it's just totally Mm -hmm. fake (laughs) we can really lose ourselves struggling to check off every box and compete with every every other mom and this is 
you guys know, a big soapbox of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, It was funny when we're talking about last month, talking about back to school shopping. In my mind, I was thinking about how I like when I when I have gone. I like to watch the different types of moms and their different ways of doing things. This mom mm. with eight kids who somehow is just like, just everybody get your stuff and come back. And another <laughs> mom who's like got the checklist. Another mom who's just having fun, drinking a Starbucks and not really paying attention or she's scrolling. <laughs> I love to celebrate different kinds of moms. That's uh. something that's a huge enjoyment for me. And I love that. And that's kind of like... Um, my, my book, The Errors Make Terrible Crowns, How the Holy Spirit Healed My View of Motherhood. That's a big like heart underneath that because yeah. I really want to celebrate all different kinds of moms and for moms to find freedom in who they are and stop the comparison game and not feed that perfectionism monster all the time. So, mm-hmm. Dana, in light of all of this, mm-hmm. take us into God's word. What do we need to know? What do we need to learn today about this whole idea of you know being perfectly imperfect? I would love to give us all a little bit of a scripture snack to snack on today. And I want to start with this. Does the flap of a butterfly's wings in Brazil set off a tornado in Texas? Uh, I'm going (laughs) to... This is going to be interesting. Sure. I'm just going to go with yes. Yes. Yes Yes-ish. Yep. That was actually the title of a presentation made by a scientist. His name was Edward N. Lorenz. Um, He made that speech in 1972, and it's from that speech that we get the term the butterfly effect. Have you heard that? before okay so the butterfly effect actually isn't a movie (laughs) i mean it is a movie but like that's not where it came from we're not promoting the movie necessarily we're talking about the actual thing right they're talking about the where the movie came from Mm -hmm. and it the butterfly effect refers to the idea that something small like the flap of a butterfly's wing can change the outcome of something major like a tornado or even a hurricane not even in that same area so um edward n lorenz was an mit mathematician and meteorologist, and he was at the head of the learning curve when scientists were just starting to use computers to predict weather. And his work demonstrated that in some systems, teeny, teeny, tiny changes in initial conditions, like the flap of a butterfly's wings, can actually lead to major changes in outcomes, Mm -hmm. meaning that some systems in nature are impossible to predict beyond a certain point in the future, because the initial measurements will never be perfect. Mm. Lorenz presupposed chaos in the atmosphere. Like he was like, there's going to be some crazy, like just what Janet was talking about, like shopping for school supplies. <laughs> like there was some chaos. Moms are all doing it differently. Right. Mm-hmm. And that chaos could be as small as a butterfly, but would in fact have a big change on something down the future. It would create a chain of events. So let me repeat something that he said. Initial measurements will never be perfect. (laughs) Why? Because nature's not perfect. That includes us. We're not perfect. We cannot tell how a butterfly or a flock of birds will impact the wind where perfect conditions whip up just the right kind of pressure that grows over distance that becomes a tornado in Texas. Now, what I want to say is this. I want to make kind of a word picture for us as moms. In my case, the butterflies were comparing and competing in my mind. When I compare and compete and the tornado ends up 
just being like a vortex in my head, moving me towards different outcomes in my day. So let me tell you how the butterfly effect has been helping me, though, let go of the tendency to be a perfectionist, because I really do have that tendency. How much of a perfectionist, you might ask? Go ahead, ask me. How much of a perfectionist are you? Thank you, Shani. I'm so happy you asked. Well, (laughs) listen, in the first year of marriage... I I believed that before I went to bed at night, the house, well, we had a townhouse, needed to be perfect. Okay? You're looking at me like I'm a freak. I was a freak. I, mm-hmm. I, I have to apologize to Bob. Bob, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But um, that meant that if the house was not 100% clean, Bob and I were going to be doing some cleaning before bedtime, which isn't. I might tell you the best foreplay. Wow. Yeah, no, that's not no. great for intimacy building. No, unless he really loves that too, I guess. Stage is on. Yeah. But. <laughs> so by the time I was a mom, this changed, as you can imagine. Um, like Marie Kondo, I learned this. Yeah, this ideal is not perfect when they're children, but. I had to have the bedroom clean, especially my nightstand. If my nightstand was just so I could sleep, maybe with a burning candle to like make up for the rest of the house. And yeah, this ridiculous perfectionism was reflected in all areas of my life. And it was not good. So when I say that the butterflies were comparing and competing with other moms and that there was a tornado in my mind, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. This tornado of perfectionism. But I have to say, God freed and is freeing me. When I was like thinking about this, I wanted to say God has freed me, but I realized you guys see my life and you probably see areas where this still shows up. And it does. Mm. I'm constantly fighting it. I'm constantly fighting the temptation to compare and compete. But I have come to understand two things that have really changed things for me. One, I'm not nearly as in control as I think I am. Mm. <laughs> Say that Truer again. words have never been spoken. <laughs> and really, this goes back to the butterfly effect. There are unpredictable factors that change the outcome of a task, a day, or my life. And living under the weight of false expectations, comparison, and perfectionism only fueled the lie that I was in control when, in fact, I really wasn't. So... I think that I, in some of my years of parenting, I caused my girls to struggle with this lie and perfectionism too, because they saw me trying to be in control of everything when in fact I wasn't. And you know what? I think guys at the root, the lie I believed isn't that I'm in control, but it it was probably more poignant, more emotional mm-hmm. that I have to perform to be loved. Right. It's and, about value. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If I Marie Kondoed my house, if I had a clean house, if my kids behaved so, mm-hmm. right. then I had value. Right. Mm-hmm. So your your perfectionism with the house wasn't like just something you enjoyed. Like it was. No, I was mostly you had. I was usually angry. You when had I was cleaning to do that it. house. Right. You were not <laughs> flexible at all with it. We gotcha. It's a whole yeah. different yeah. thing than just having yes. a clean house. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's really a common lie. So when Aaron Davis and I conducted focus groups so that I could be prepared to write lies young women believe for teens, a whopping ninety-five percent of those sweet teen girls in those focus groups admitted. They were always or sometimes plagued by the lie that they have to perform to be loved. And what's at the mm. what does that result in? It results in performance and perfectionism. It's yeah. true. Dana, let me let me read a few quotes from some of those girls. As soon as you get into high school, everything you do becomes about college. If you make a bad grade, everyone points it out. 
Every day you feel this tremendous pressure that the decisions you're making will affect your ability to get into college. It's always in the back of your mind. Mm, yeah. Yep. And by the time we wrote Lies, Girls yeah. Believe and did focus groups for that, mm -hmm. moms were saying that girls in fourth and fifth grade were already obsessing about which college they were mm -hmm. going to get into. Yeah. And I, I just couldn't believe that. Yeah. Now that's a pressure that no one should have to live under. Yeah, when well, we were just in Brooklyn doing the event at the Brooklyn Tabernacle, and we had that teen, we did a teen event, the three of us and some others. Um, that was one of the, I would say, one of the main things girls were asking for yeah. prayer for, like yeah. having trouble trusting God with their future yeah. mm -hmm. to do to academics primarily. Yeah. That was a big, big topic for these yeah. teen girls. It, yeah. was, it was overwhelming so them with anxiety. So mm -hmm. emotional, yeah. Especially for the girls that academics wasn't their jam. It wasn't, right. it didn't come to them naturally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And what about this one? I want to get a scholarship to play ball in college. If I had, if I have a bad game, Satan will tell me you did bad in this game. And on top of that, these things are wrong with you. Yeah. I feel like this is how everyone sees me. Mm, so yeah. not only do they have this one thing, then it's compounded with all, all the wrong. They're letting, letting those things come into their heads. Yeah. That, that's the thing, wow. isn't it? When we, tr when we aim for perfection, which we are not perfect. <laughs> it's an unattainable place. It creates this foothold for the enemy to really have access to our minds and taunt us and tease us. Mm -hmm. And that's what she was saying. Satan was telling me, you did bad in this game. I've experienced that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've often said, I feel like the Satan's job isn't always that hard. He just starts with like one sentence and then we just run with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know that. And I love that she recognized where it was coming from. That's fantastic. Yeah. But him just saying, mm. you did bad in this game. Right. Look how bad you are. She just ran with it. So these girls are like putting these attainment expectations on themselves, whether mm -hmm. it's academically or in sports or in dance or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's not realistic. And God's expectations look so different. Yeah. And we need to focus on his ideals of perfection in our lives, not the world's. And that always leads to peace, not striving and perfectionism. So let me just like this is sort of a detour, but let's list three expectations about perfection according to God. One, only Christ can perfect us. Somebody say amen. amen. We cannot do anything to be perfect ourselves. Rather, we've been made perfect in Christ, through Christ. Our sins are erased and we've been made whole in him. And you are perfect in his sight because of what he has done, not anything you have done. So mm -hmm. we have to be very careful with the word perfection because the scriptures teach us that only he can perfect us. Yeah. So number two, our perfections display Christ's strengths. Okay, this is really important. God created you to be exactly as you are. And maybe you are the mom who's great at dating your kids and you love that one-on-one -on -one time. Maybe you are the mom who can Marie Kondo your house and your kids can find everything. Whatever your strengths are, whatever your weaknesses, whatever your quirks and imperfections, um, your imperfections display Christ's strength. Shani, can you read this month's core Bible verse? It's 1 Corinthians 12, 9. I sure can. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Hmm. Isn't that good? That verse. Yep. Like that makes you look at your imperfections mm -hmm. entirely different, mm -hmm. right? So for me, math was an area where academically I struggled. Mm -hmm. And that was an area where I could just let God's strength show up. I literally would have to pray my way through math classes. Wow. 
And I learned to rely on Christ's strength Mm -hmm. for other areas of my life through that. So we need to look at our weaknesses and teach our daughters to look at them as a place where we can display Christ's strength. Number three, God uses imperfect but obedient women and girls. Mm. So he's not looking for the picture-perfect woman. It can feel like God uses the perfect, but he actually uses weak and imperfect girls and women to do great things for his kingdom. And any place where we are weak or we fail, that is a place where we can rely on God and ask him to use us. Now, this brings me back to the second thing I've learned from the butterfly effect, and I think this is really important. It was very freeing for me. God knows everything about every condition, the conditions now, the conditions in the past, the conditions in my future. So I can trust him to guide me in fulfilling my part of kingdom work. So because he sees what I can't, whether it's a butterfly flapping its wings and causing a tornado in my hometown or a future where I'm not free to teach biblical truth and I need to be poised to be obedient and serve him in a different way. He knows everything. So I just need to obey him. That's Mm -hmm. it. I just need to get my marching orders from God each day, each task, each child, each relationship. I just need to get my marching orders from him and obey him faithfully. So Mm. as I consider that, it leads me to wonder if I know that and I actually believe it to be true, then why don't I focus more on just saying yes to the Lord? Mm-hmm. Why don't I focus on saying yes to the Lord better, more often, more faithfully? Mm-hmm. You know, I think of the mother Jesus, because we just finished writing a Bible study on Mary, and she said two simple words when the angel came to tell her that her life was going to look really different than she probably thought, Right. And I imagine she hardly understood the implications of what the angel told her. I mean, I can't imagine that she truly understood it. But she said two simple words, itty bitty words, yes, Lord. And the butterfly effect of those little itty bitty words continues to serve our great God to this very day. And I want to say this, you know, I want to live a life like that where I am obedient. They don't say, look what Dana did and how perfect she was, but that they recognize obedience. My grandchildren, my great-grandchildren hear that I said yes to the Lord. And here's something important. There's a really big difference between having a calling to do something great for God and being called to serve a great God. The subtle difference between these two has been really critical in my life. Having a calling to do something great for God puts the focus and the burden on me and how great I am. It puts the burden on you and how great you are. And that leads us to perfectionism in a really unhealthy way. But having a calling to serve a great God keeps the focus on him. And all I have to do, it frees me to just obey him, to be faithful. So this month, we want to free your daughter. We want to free you from perfectionism and give you the freedom to embrace your imperfections. Mm -hmm. Trust God to fill those weaknesses. Trust him so much that you can actually boast in them. And that can free you from performing. And, And it lets you simply say, whatever he asks of you, yes, Lord. All right. Well, let me ask you a different question from how we started off then. Oh, let me ask you this. Where are you weak as a mom? 
like making it a great place for you to rely on Christ's strength? Well, honestly, when Shani said, I'm great at dating my kids, that's, that was, that was, that's a place where I have felt a lot of weakness because I am a task driven mom and I have learned to understand that that can be good, that I can contribute to God's kingdom with an eye for detail, with, you know, I look at timelines, that's good. But in my parenting, I have to put specific markers in my life that um, invite me into that dating experience. It's probably mm. why the mm. core of our curriculum at True Girl started with Eight Great Dates for Moms. That was the first book I wrote. And my, mon- my mantra was, have one date with her, and while you're having that date with her, schedule the next one. And it could be mm. three months later, right. but we had that to look forward to. Now, how often do you date your kids, Shani? Uh, they... Every month, so they each Once get a, a month. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. A so Tuesday they each get a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. That's nice. So you, so you have room for mm-hmm. one more child. I oh, because <laughs> you need there's four Tuesdays and, the and only three kids. Podcast ends now. I have to talk to Dana. <laughs> no, <they're out. laughs> and we're out. The shop is closed. <laughs> but but some moms are like really rhythmic like yeah. that, and they mm-hmm. could do like once a week. Mm-hmm. My my son, my husband was really great with this. Once a week, he took Robbie out for a father son night, and that mm-hmm. was so cool. I wasn't great at that, mm-hmm. so I had to like lower the expectations and say, "This dating my kids, spending time one on one with them is is important." Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna say, "Do it," and then just set the time that you're gonna do it the next time. Put it on the calendar, mm-hmm. and so I needed that. That was a weakness in my life, but I allowed mm-hmm. the Lord's strength and the Word to define how I approached it. So when I hear you talking about like you'd have the date and then, okay, we're planning three months ahead for the next, that's where I'm weak. I, the, the kind of getting the task together, like having that overall vision of, you know, how this will fit with that. I I can do the thing in the moment very, very well. Um, But like the mom that's able to kind of plan the things out and, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to meal prep because this week. Judah has a baseball game. Soraya has a softball game. So we don't have to like run in and do this. Oh, now Carice is working. So I'm not great so you're, at that. you're driving through the drive through for food instead of meal prepping, and, aren't you? And, listen, <laughs> yeah. and, I, and, like, and that's, that's something that, you know, adds frustration to my life because I'm like, I, I want to do that. Like, yeah. I want to be that mom. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. You're very to relational hear and spontaneous about accomplishing the same things, dating your kids. Yeah. And I take a task oriented approach to it mm-hmm. so that I can be relational. Yeah. But that's yeah. both of our strengths and weaknesses being a little bit different. But our getting goal is to the, the same, same yeah. goal. Right. Well, that's what, as I listen to you both talk about that, and I know mm-hmm. you're not going to go beat each other, beat each other. You're definitely not yeah. going to beat each other, beat yourselves up yeah, over this right. conversation. Like, oh, I need more like Dana, I need more like Shani. Yeah. But you're both talking about nurturing. Yeah. And you're both looking at ways to enrich your nurturing yeah. um, to just mm-hmm. take it to the next level for you. Yeah. And so you're not trying to change who you are. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to nurture more strongly. I, Mine is actually to do with with food preparation. And this is why. Um, so I, I don't cook very often anymore working full time. I just haven't figured that out a whole lot. And when I am cooking, I'm like, messaging the kids, Hey, I'm cooking tonight. And they're like, Oh, yay, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and they cook a lot for themselves. But I know that the Lord is telling me I need to get better with the food prep thing. Because I have one child where food 
supply is very important to them. That's how they, they feel nurtured. If there's food in front of them that mm. someone has given to them, it makes this child feel nurtured more so than my other kids. And this is a child that we don't connect as easily. Mm-hmm. So I know having food intentionally ready for them, the supply of it that makes them feel loved and seen and mm-hmm. safe, that that's important. So it's not a like, I want to be like anything. I just know God's asking me to do that mm-hmm. to help connect more deeply with this one specific child. So that's something I'm trying to figure out for myself. Mm-hmm. So. Oh. So Janet, that's an area where you're allowing yourself. There's, there's a, there's for whatever you're sensing that as a weakness. Like, yeah, it definitely is. Um, but <laughs> you're staying so in touch with the Holy Spirit that He's telling you when you need to actually compensate for that weakness and rise up. And that's that's like that's what it's all about, right? It's not striving mm-hmm. for perfectionism. It's seeing what your weaknesses are. But when God's Spirit says, "Hey, this is an area where." I need you to step in, and this is why. And you're being sensitive to that. That nurturing is coming because the Holy Spirit is nurturing you mm-hmm. yeah. in truth and wisdom. Yeah. I mean, isn't it great? The Holy Spirit gives us his nudges, and we're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this is what I should be paying attention to. Yeah, Otherwise, we could exactly. pay attention to a hundred million different things mm-hmm. in this like scrambling for perfectionism. So, yeah. So I'm wondering about this butterfly effect theory of perfectionism, Dana, and how it like plays out or has mm. played out in real life history. I'm thinking of some women in history who've exemplified these obedient, faithful lives. These are women that we, you know, have talked about and looked up to. And what was the book? Was it last year that Revive Our Hearts released a book yeah, called yeah. Unremarkable, Unremarkable Women? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all these different... Volume one. And they just released volume two of all okay. these women, biographies of women who... Mm-hmm. We're just lived exemplary lives. Yeah. And so we, of course, we have biblical women, like you're going to talk about Mary and the Mary study, and mm-hmm. but women who've, who've lived these obedient lives. And I want to talk about a couple of those. So I'm thinking of Sojourner Truth or Sojourner, however you would say yeah. her name. She became an outspoken advocate for abolition, temperance, and civil and women's rights in the 19th century. Yes. Mm-hmm. Her Civil War work earned her an invitation to meet President Abraham Lincoln in the 1800s, and she was born a slave in the Dutch-speaking Ulster County in New York. Wow. She was bought and sold four times and mm. subjected to harsh physical labor and violent punishments. Mm. And she became famous by simply being obedient and faithful to God in spite of all the suffering and hardship. In the midst of all of that, we can't even fathom that, but she was obedient I, to God. That would be sad, a sadly imperfect life in terms of mm. everything that was happening around her. Mm-hmm. Right. But she maintained a faithful heart to God. Right. She had every right in quotes mm-hmm. to look at God and say, forget you. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm done with this. Obeying you gets me nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's not how she lived her life. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's astounding. Gosh. So inspiring. Mm-hmm. I, I think of a uh, Corey Ten Boom. Oh yeah. Right. She became famous by simply saying, yeah. like you were just talking about those itty bitty words that are so powerful. Yes, Lord. Yeah. And she did that like when it meant hiding Jews during the Holocaust and spending years in a Nazi concentration camp. Mm-hmm. And she lived with fleas. Mm. She ate stone cold porridge when she had any food at all. Yeah. Like imagine that mm. those, those conditions. Right. And you're saying, yes, Lord. Yeah. And she said she was agreeing with her parents saying, yes, Lord, with them, with them. Yeah. right. To hide right. these Honoring Jews. Yep. And 
So true. That's, they mean, could have just girl. gone like right under the radar and, and lived can, their lives. And her life still has an impact on people. Yep. You know, her mm-hmm. book, The Hiding Place, I don't know how many times I've read it because mm-hmm. I'm just inspired to live well through it. You know, my favorite is always Amy Carmichael. I feel like you do love we're Amy friends. Carmichael. I'm going to have tea her. with yeah. Amy Carmichael in yeah. heaven. We, I am. I'm going to watch that mm-hmm. happen. We'll arrange mm-hmm. for tea <laughs> you know, heaven. it's interesting. She mm-hmm. set out to be a missionary. I believe it was in Japan. And but she had some unwellness that prevented her from serving in that field. The atmosphere, the weather in Japan just wasn't good for her health. So it ended up that she was in India where the conditions were better for her weather-wise, for her health conditions. But the conditions were horrific when it came to the treatment of girls and women. Mm -hmm. And she ended up being one of the first evangelical human trafficking opponents. She became famous by saying yes, Lord, to serving first in India, where she Mm -hmm. didn't plan to go, for 55 years. And she ended up not having a furlough in that whole time, again, related to her health. And she ended up being actually bedridden with illness for two decades. But her life, she rescued hundreds of unloved children who were actually sex workers Mm. and gave them a beautiful life. You multiply all those children by the children and grandchildren they ended up having because they lived a beautiful life. And the testimony that her writing has for us today, even... You know, most of that writing happened when she was bedridden. Would mm-hmm. she have wanted to be bedridden? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. But she said, yes, Lord. These women mm-hmm. didn't have microphones. They didn't have podcasts. They didn't have blogs. They didn't have stages. Mm-hmm. And they surely didn't have perfect living conditions, right? Mm-hmm. They had one thing, obedience, mm-hmm. faithfulness. And as a result, God used all their weaknesses and perfected their lives to glorify him. And that's where we get kind of the title of this month's podcast. They lived perfectly imperfect lives. Hey, next month, our beloved online live Bible study is back. You and your tween girl can join us for a six-week study of the life of Mary. And that will take you right into the holiday season with a whole new perspective on the mother of our Lord Mm -hmm. in Mary becoming a girl of faithfulness. Your tween will enter Mary's story and learn how she can be not perfect, but faithful. Mm -hmm. God doesn't need the best athletes, the most beautiful girls or the exceptionally talented to do great things for him. He just needs an ordinary girl who is willing to say, yes, Jesus. Dana, Janet, and Shani, that's me, and our own (laughs) Stacey Rudolph will teach your daughter to use the True Girl version of the inductive Bible study method, the 4Z method. This will have her zooming, zooming, zeroing, and zipping through the scripture. She'll not only discover how to live a life of faithfulness, but she'll gain important Bible study skills to use throughout her life. Dana, you and one of our ministry friends, Hilsey Marie, wrote this all new study. What will girls learn? Oh, I'm so excited about this. The lessons tell it all. So um, we've gleaned from Mary's life and written these chapter titles. Just listen to them. They're great. A faithful girl worships when she feels like whining. Ooh. Which of us does Stop not need right that? There. No, wait. That's is this going to be convicting for us too? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Let yeah. me know now. Mm-hmm. A faithful girl is immediately obedient. Oh, wow. That's hard. You see that all through scripture, though. Uh That obedience is a really gut reaction for many of the faithful ones. How about this? A faithful girl is content in the magnificent or the mundane. 
Wow. Hmm. We all long for those magnificent moments. And we think those magnificent moments are when you're like someone that can glorify God. But Mary had a lot of mundane moments. Um, A faithful girl believes God will provide. And a faithful girl is loved by God through her suffering. What a wonderful way that God nurtures us and Mm. sees us and cares about us when we suffer. He's in that. And those are the lessons we're going to learn in this Bible study. So join us live on Monday nights starting in October for six weeks from 630 to 715 Eastern time. If you're a True Girl Box subscriber, listen to this. We are sending you the book this month that will be in your subscription box this month. Okay, Mary's coming to you, but you'll still need to register for the study at mytruegirl.com. If you're not a subscriber, you'll be able to register for the study and buy the book at mytruegirl.com. Just look for the Bible studies menu and click to learn more. While this is a great spot for me to say our Perfectly Imperfect box is now shipping. Our True Girl subscribers will be receiving theirs. And if you subscribe while we still have inventory, we'll send you the Perfectly Imperfect box. We think this box is pretty cool for a couple of reasons. One, it's going to teach your daughter how God can use her imperfections for His glory. That's a great message for our girls to hear. It also includes the newly released and long-awaited Mary Bible study. Mary was imperfect just like us, but because she was a girl of faith, God trusted her to bring His Son into the world. Of course, as always, you'll receive a fun, engaging mom-daughter date ready to go, no prep needed for you. Daily Devos written by some of True Girl's amazing friends that will help you get your daughter into God's word. Those memory verse cards you guys love so much to help your daughter store God's word in her heart. And guess what? Your daughter is going to enjoy the coziest lamb socks in a box that she's ever seen. So don't be sheepish about getting this box. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Very okay. cute. You're sheepish. full of the lamb and sheep jokes. Yeah, <laughs> there will be a box themed puzzle activity, a great set of highlighters for her to use in her Bible studies. We love highlighters, right? And mm-hmm. a true girl Bible study sack to carry all the goodies. Not to mention a butterfly charm. She'll get to add to that true girl bracelet that she loves so much to commemorate your date together, which will be all about the butterfly effect and how it can address our tendency to be perfectionists. So head over to mytruegirl.com or go to the link in our show notes and subscribe today. Well, that's it for this month. Join us next month on the True Girl MomCast, how to teach your daughter about finding rest and comfort in Christ. The world's mantra is self-care, self-affirmation, self-centeredness. This becomes the end-all solution when a girl faces hardships or stress. But God's word invites her to think less of herself and think more of God as the solution to her stress and anxiety. It's self-care on scripture.